go on there. But everybody goes to Facebook because Facebook is easy. It is. It is. So I'm going to give a thumbs up and then we'll let Jazzy go. So, All right. Well, good evening, everybody. We thank you so much for coming out to Destiny Church for our Tuesday at the table. Come on, y'all. You guys excited to be here? That's the first thing. Come on. Uh, good crowd tonight. I uh, thank everybody tuning in online. We thank you for checking us out on Tuesday. And uh, we good, Jazzy? I'm off on the side. I can stand behind them just like this. This is how it works. Hey, y'all, I'm just real excited tonight uh, that, that one, that, that God has blessed us with people in our church that can bring a message, that can bring a word, that can do amazing things. And usually Brother Bo has been running this. Pastor Daisy's been running this. Uh, we just know now as we move into this next season, um, we have so many people in our church that, that can bring a word that God has anointed and God's appointed and God's put in our presence. So uh, I love that fact. So tonight uh, we have, I mean, he's not a guest. He's a member of our church. He's, <laughs> his name is Daniel Lowry. If you had seen him around, guys, he's been here for our prayer nights. He's here all the time with his family. Um, and we just thank them for coming out. And, and he has a word he's going to share tonight, which I'm excited about because we're off the Abraham thing. Like Brother Bo said last week, he said, look, I think I'm done. And when he says he thinks he's done, that means he gave the word. And he was like, I've been talking about Abraham for like six or seven weeks. He goes, I think I'm done. Um, so therefore, we gave him a break. <laughs> we said, if you're done, you're done. And we're going to kick up something else. The goal of this on Tuesday, so you guys know Tuesday at the table and you know online, uh, we're going to get into series. We're going to get into uh, a study each and every time. And it might be a month long. It might be, you know, six weeks. It might be two months. I don't know. But the point is, is to get you in a position where you can read ahead so you can study ahead so you can ask questions. So that's what this is. This is our midweek service. So this is an opportunity for us to come together and learn and study and grow together because that's what it's all about. We go, It's called discipleship. It's called sanctification is called building in this foundation that, that God wants us to do so we just can't show up on a Sunday and expect God to continue to do what he's doing we got to put a little effort into it so that's what that's right. we're doing on Tuesdays uh, so guys I'm just going to open in prayer real quick and I'm going to turn it over to Daniel he's going to he's going to go from there so father we love you God you are so good oh we love you Lord we thank you God we thank you just for for blessing us father we thank you we can come together on a Tuesday night and worship you God we thank you for that Lord Father, I thank you for this family. I thank you for uh, the family, the kingdom, Father God. I thank you for people that you just bring into our paths, Father God, even if it's just for seasons sometimes, Father. But I thank you for those lifetime family members, Father God, that, that, that even when they move away, they can watch online, Father God. We thank you for them. So, Lord, we ask you to bless us tonight. Be with us tonight, Lord. Father, let your, your presence rest on this place, Father God. Hover over us tonight, Lord. And, uh, and Father, just bless it, uh, bless the word tonight, Father God. Be with Daniel, bring favor upon him and his family tonight, Lord. We just ask you to be with us. Father, we just give it all to you. You have your way tonight in this place. In Jesus' mighty name, and everybody said amen and amen. I'm going to turn it over to Daniel. It's all yours, brother. Thank you. Oh, man, it's nice. It's getting cold outside. I'm so, so done with the Alabama heat. At least we get a little bit of break of cooling down some. I know it's... Fluffier people are, are happy that it's cooling off. I'm tired of sweating. So it's good. It's good. So tonight, if you brought your Bible or your phone or whatever apparatus that you have to find uh, John chapter 21, you'll go there. That's where we're going to be in tonight. So... We're going to be talking about why did 
Jesus asked Peter, do you love me? And why did he ask him three different times? That's the, that's the key there. Why did he ask him three different times? And if you turn to John 21 and it starts in 15, you see where Jesus, he, he says, when they had finished eating, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? Yes, Lord, he said. You know that I love you. Jesus said, feed my lambs. Again, Jesus said, Simon, son of John, do you love me? He answered, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. And Jesus says, take care of my sheep or feed my sheep. He said the third time, he said, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was hurt because, he, because Jesus asked him a third time, do you love me? He said, Lord, you know all things. You know that I love you. Jesus said, feed my sheep. And we'll stop right there for now. So three times Peter was asked, and each time with a certain mandate behind it. He wouldn't ask, just do you love me? He said, do you love me? Now do this. Do you love me? Now do this. Do you love me? Do that. And there was a comparison. There's two Two different loves there. In the Greek it is anyway. Um, not, not so much in the Hebrew and especially not in the English that we get. We just have love. It's very simple. It's a blanketed word that we have and it don't, it don't mean very much, especially nowadays. But we have three or two different words here. We have agape, which most people know. And the other one is phileo. And, and it's um, two, two simple words for love. I mean, the Greek version has, I think, nine different words uh, that they use for, the, for, for love, and it all has a different meaning. Um, and so five are the most used in Greek. And we won't go over there. It's just, it's just too much to talk about. But Peter was asked three different times, each with a different mandate. Love can be known only from the actions it prompts. And that's why Jesus put a mandate on every single one of them. He was trying to get Peter to prompt his love for him. So what is happening? What is happening? This is, man, I've, I've taught, taught this more than 10, 15 times. And every single time it still boils down to a few things. One, we know what Peter did that prompted this, and that was the denial of Jesus. We know that, that Peter was the only one that followed Jesus during the part of the trial. That's huge. Peter was the one that was part of the three Peter, James, and John was a part of the three that was always with Jesus. He always took them aside. Peter was there. Peter was the one, and Jesus knew it, but he denied him. He denied him three different times, but he was the one that followed after him. Peter was also the one that walked on water. There's a lot of stuff Peter did that set him apart from all the other disciples. 
And I think this is why we see the hurt that it caused Peter. We see that. We see the evidence of Jesus pushing a reconciliation to Peter that he did not do with any other disciple. Because they all left. They all deserted him. They all took off. But it only happened to Peter. Peter was the one. Jesus says, hey, throw on the other side. And we get these, these different words for love. And, and I have been in seminary and I have heard, depending on what doctor or professor you talk to, they can, you can have 50 different versions of their explanation of love. And you really can. I mean, I have loads of dictionaries at home that I can sit here and flip through and they'll all be slightly different. It's, it's, it's a simple meaning. I can sit here and go through verse from verse, even just in the New Testament, of, uh, of these two agape and phileo love meanings. But what type of love is Jesus and Peter discussing here? That's what we're going to try to find out. And at any time, if you have any questions, please feel free to ask or, you know, it's always good to, get it rolling sometimes, not just me talking, but y'all talking back. So we have agape. And so if we look here, let me go back in verse 15. And I love the Greek, and I can read in the Greek, and it's it's fun. It's very blocky. Um, it's just how the Greek language is spoken. Um, if you want a very um, paralleled Greek to English, the NASB 1995 is the closest thing we have uh, to finding exactly almost word for word. It kind of reads funny uh, because it is literally verbatim in, in the Greek. And so I'm going to kind of read it and and try to put some a different spin on these words. Um, if, starting at verse 15, it says, When, therefore, they had dined, says Simon Peter, Jesus, Simon, son of John, do you love me? And that word right there, love you, agapes. So it literally means, do you love me? More than these and so what is he talking about? He's saying, do you love me more than these disciples? Now, we all know, and I grew up playing sports and, and, and having a bond with my teammates that is extremely strong, especially in the military. I had my own team and uh, run my own operations, uh, battle commander and all kind of stuff. And you create a bond with these people that is just... Man, it, it is it's like a soul tie with these guys. And it is, it is very, you, you do, it's a creative love better than your own family. I mean, there's people in foxholes that I'm closer to than my own family. And so Jesus literally puts this into an aspect right off the bat saying, hey, do you love me more than these? 
No, he said, feed my sheep. He throws a mandate on it. You got to do this. So that really, that really cranked, cranked me up. And then he says again, yes, Lord, you know I love you dearly. But he used the words phileo to answer him back. He did not use agape. He didn't say that. He says phileo. And he, he, he responds in a more proper word for common Greek. Because agape is more of a an all out. It's, it's just sold. I am, I am 100% in. But he didn't respond that way. He responded like, yeah, I love you. You know I do. And so he said to him again, the second time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? And he says again, it's, it's the agape word, the plural word, but um, do you love me? And he says to him, yes, Lord, you know I love you dearly, phileo. And it's a dearly love. It's a very friendship love. It's not the agape, unconditional, everything is sold out type of love. It's just not that. That's not what he's responding with. This is what John is putting anyway. So this is a text we have to go off of. Why is this the only text? Well, I'm glad you asked. (laughs) Because all four Gospels contain the denial of Jesus. All four Gospels. Only one Gospel records the reconciliation that happens with Peter. And that's with John. Why? Because you see the connection with Peter and John, but you don't see it with well, Matthew. Matthew was there, but Luke and, Luke and John was not. But So you, you have these parallels that you can read and read into it, and you're like, oh, well, John was there, all of it, besides the denial. So John wasn't there to denial. So Peter literally had to go back and tell John what happened. So a confession took place. To John at some point when Jesus was in the grave. And so, and then he asked him a third time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Or do you love me dear? Dearly love me. He said he was grieved because he asked him a third time, do you dearly love me? And he says, Lord, Kire is the if you wanted to know that, the Greek word for, for Lord, uh, it literally means type of sir. Uh, you know all things, and you know that I love you dearly. In the last one, Jesus used the word phileo. He met him at his level. He said, I ain't even going to use agape. I'm not going to transcend what you're trying to say. Do you love me like this? Or if I could say it in another term, I could see Peter walking away because he knew what was coming. He knew the third time was coming. Why did he know three times was coming? He denied him three times. Jesus was in the grave three times. There's so much significance about what happened in the threes. 
You know, you get the Father, Son, the Holy Ghost. You get Jonah in the belly of the whale. You get so much that's just that runs with that number. And y'all, y'all know that. I mean, you see the forty and the seven and the twelve and 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 all that. And and you see the the bondedness that happens. And I can literally see Peter because it, it literally says down the scripture, it, it, Peter was walking away because he knew it was coming. It was a scolding that was taking place. But yet, he was reconciling him at the same time. How many people have been rebuked and also loved at the same time? It's a beautiful feeling. It's like, man, that felt so good and so bad at the same time. You know, and it really does. It's it's a very holy way to do it. And Jesus brought that picture into this scripture because I think it took Jesus to make that example to be like, hey, I'm really going to ream you, but I'm really going to love you at the same time. And, and in these scriptures, it, it is happening before the other disciples. He is literally reconciling him back to what the bishop, the position that he gave him, gave him in the first place as leader of what's going to happen after he leaves. He says, you're going to be the rock of this church. And he's putting him back in that place right before the disciples. That is amazing. That is so humbling. I could literally see Peter just weeping because the mercies of God is there. I mean, it's just, it's incredible. How many times have we denied Christ in some way, but he never leaves. He never, never says, I'm done. He's always there. Now, he may rebuke you, absolutely. He says, I, I, I discipline those whom I love. He might do it or some brother or sister might do it. And that's okay too because it's from God. And that's a good thing. People don't like it, but it's a healthy thing. It's healthy to get on to your kids. How many kids have you seen that's like, that kid needs some discipline in their life? Walmart everywhere. Walmart everywhere. <laughs> it, it is. I mean, it's, it's, it's in Walmart everywhere. And Target too. You know, it's just... Uh, yeah, my wife, she loves Target. I think Target kids may be a little worse, but, you know, <laughs> you know, but yeah, I mean, it is, it's a disciplinary act that has taken place on Peter's behalf because he's trying to reconcile him back into the place that he wants him. And that's what God does. He don't make you start all over. It is not like you go all the way back to the beginning of what, you've done throughout this whole time. God reconciles you. Sure, he, he straightens you up. And until you straighten up, there is no reconciliation because there's no repentance. But Peter repented. He repented when that rooster crowed. He knew he had messed up. He knew what Jesus said to be true. And, and we have to take that Man, it messed me up. Whew. Because Peter understood those that have been forgiven much loves much. And Peter understood that. 
because Peter knew what he had been forgiven of. Man, and that is, is one reason I love the Greek translation. It is just, it's just so raw. And so, and I, I, I love this. It says, we see here that Jesus matched the sin of Peter with a confession of his love and affirmed Peter as the leader of his church. This gesture suggests that God's love is greater than our own personal sin, no matter how grave. And it is true. There's no place that you can't come back from. There's no place that is too far gone. The reconciliation of, of God's love is, is everlasting. And until, he, until you take your final breath, that's it. And that's, that's um, a place we don't, we don't know for sure. And that's why God has always tells us to be ready. Make sure there's oil in the lamp and be ready to go. Because sometimes our, our life is taken away sometimes too short. And so, but, all right, let's keep going. And so, in verse 20, he says, Having turned, Peter sees that the disciples whom, the disciple whom uh, Jesus loved, all right, let me get out of the Greek because it's going gonna, it's gonna to go after me. All right, I'm going to flop back to the ESV, a little bit of easier read. Peter turned and saw the disciples whom Jesus loved following them, the one who had also leaned back against him during the supper and had said, Lord, who is it that is going to betray you? Peter saw him. He said to, to Jesus, Lord, who is this man? Jesus said to him, it is, if it is my will that he remains until I come, what is that to you? You follow me. So the saying spread among or spread about abroad among the brothers that his disciple was not, a, not going to die. Yet Jesus did not say to him that he was not about to die, for it is my will that he remain until I come. What is that to you? This disciple who is bearing witness about these things and who has written these things and we know that his testimony is true. Now there is also many other things that Jesus did. And uh, you can read on. I mean, it's, it's pretty cool. They were one of the things that were written. I suppose that the world itself could not contain the books that were written in it. Now that's kind of a, um, a metaphor of what, what all Jesus did. Of course, Every book in the world, we didn't have a lot of books at that time. Uh, all of them are scrolls. There were a lot of scrolls. Um, but uh, it, it's, it's just John saying, you know what? He did so much that all the books around here couldn't contain what he did. It's, it's that simple. He said he did a lot. If it, he said, in the Greek, it says, if it was written in all detail, let's put it that. If it was written in all detail, no books couldn't contain it which is kind of cool. And uh, I think I straight up skipped a passage. 
Yeah. So after Jesus says, you know, feed my sheep, he said, truly, truly, I say to you, when you were young, you used to dress yourself and walk there wherever you wanted. But when you are old, you will stretch out your hand and another will dress you and carry you where you do not want to go. This he said to show what kind of death he was going to glorify God. And after saying this, he said to him, follow me. That's, that's pretty tough. That's pretty tough to chew on because in one moment you have the Son of the Almighty God rebuking you in full love and setting you in a place on high among all of the disciples, and now he's predicting your death. That's a, that's a tough day. I mean, that's, that's a day that it's like, woo, there's enough being on that bone for the whole city to chew on. And, and it is absolutely astonishing to see the love that, that Jesus had for Peter. I mean, it is, it is phenomenal. He takes Peter to a place. I, I love this because it shows the humanity of God in such a way that can easily easily be missed if we don't sit there and do what David said, and that was to meditate. The word salah. It just means to meditate, to ponder, to, to think upon these things. And if we don't do that, we miss the depths of what God is trying to, to convey, to, to, to get to us. And we can easily read these scriptures over and over and over again and get something new every time. Why is that? It's because the depths of God's word is easily missed if we don't meditate on them. Easily missed. That's why I love to, to have 40 different versions and take it all back to Kone Greek and really understand the, the root of what is going on, of what he's trying to say. And, and it, is, it is, man... Sometimes it's deeper than I want to go sometimes, honestly. I have been very shaken at, at the words that God spoke or whoever the writer is and just trying to understand what is he saying. And it is so raw and it is so moving that it literally just takes a, a, a revelation of, of, of God to really understand what is going on. I mean, it really does. I mean, it, 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 it'll take you to a place that sometimes you don't want to go. I'm, I'll, I'll be honest with you. There's places in the Bible where I have just stopped reading and be like, this is just too much for me right now. I don't, I don't know. I mean, seriously, that's where we, we need to be with Jesus. Is a place where Jesus, let me put it this way, Jesus likes to take you to a place where decisions have to be made. Every single time you open that Bible, you need to find something that makes a decision in your life because he does. And he did this with Peter. This is exactly what he did. He gave Peter an opportunity to take the position that he wanted to give him or Peter could have walked away. We know another disciples that walked away. Judas. Judas happened, had an opportunity. 
John said he was part of our ministry there. Did he raise the dead? No. Did he, did, but was he sent out among the disciples? Absolutely. Did he see the miracles? Absolutely. Did he do the miracles? Absolutely. Was he filled with the Holy Spirit? Absolutely. He made the decision to walk away. We have that same decision, whether to be Peter or to be Judas. We have that opportunity. And it, but God, by reading his word and rightly dividing this thing, you can absolutely be known. You will be taken to the crossroads of the decision-making with God, and he will make you make a decision. He says what? Choose today whom you will serve. How deep is that, man? How deep is that? How many people do you walk up to and be like, hey, do you love God? Well, choose today. This is all you're going to get is today. Man, how, how, how would you, that would disrupt some people. <laughs> that would honestly throw me off track. But it, it, it is. It's, it's, it's fun. It's fun to study this and to go after the, the deep words of God. And there's so much, so much with this. I mean, with Jesus asking these paralleled questions to Peter, I mean, Peter is easily taken back to the Sea of Galilee. So let's take that example. So when Jesus goes to Peter, Peter is the fisher, okay? Okay, so Peter, the, the, the brothers of thunder, as they were called, uh, John. And so I've been to Galilee a couple of times, and it was cool because I, I got to experience the... Um, restoration or the what they call tell tell just means old so tell dan tell jerusalem tell it just literally means old old place ancient place but there's a uh, a new place newer i guess they found i think it was in 2012 so you know uh mary magdala right story of mary magdala uh well now they they discovered a town that i had to go and take the pleasure of uh doing some archaeology archaeology digs there that was kind of cool and understanding what was going on because it wasn't it wasn't finished at all it was just now about halfway halfway through and they found in this this church this building that they had discovered that uh they had found a stone it's called the magdala stone and it literally is is the stone was their their centerpiece of their church and the, the Magdala literally means fishing tower. And so the fishing tower that Peter, James, John, all the, all the brothers there, the initial brothers of the disciples, was there. Um, so when Jesus started his ministry, he literally went straight to the brothers. I mean, right off the bat. Now, we don't have a day or a time frame that, that what happened uh, when Jesus left his hometown uh, we, we have it pretty mapped out on what, which route he took all the way to the Sea of Galilee. And Magdala was a, was a big town. It was the big commerce town that what was going on at the time. And, and, and what everybody does at Galilee is they fish. And, and, and it's a beautiful place. And I could see Jesus, or I could see Peter thinking back and when Jesus asked him, do you love me? 
And he says, man, you know what, Peter? Go to the deeper waters and let down your nets. Right off the bat, Jesus is pushing him, pushing him, and pushing him right off the bat. And what is Jesus trying to do here? He's trying to get him off the shoreline. and He's trying to get him in the deep water. He literally is trying to push us every day to get off the shore, to get off the shore of our life and says, hey, there's deep water, and that's where the fish is. Because what did Jesus He says, you know what? You follow me, and you're going to become fishers of men. He said, now go where the fish are. Look at the parallels between this right here and what happened at the Sea of Galilee. It's really really not a sea. It's kind of a big lake. (laughs) You know, it really is. I mean, you you could... it is a very choppy lake. I mean, it's so cool to, to understand um, the makeup of, of Galilee. The first time we, my wife was with me, the first time we stayed on the southern side, and, and, and I, wish, I wish I would have brought pictures and threw them up there. And maybe another teaching, I'll, I'll throw it up there. But you could see, and, and, and there's little, um, I don't know what they're called, little seashells, the ones that twirl up, you know, but there's millions of them all over. I got a a big box of them at home. And, um, oh, we're not supposed to bring those back. <laughs> I don't have a box of them at home. I have replicas that I bought at the silver store. So, uh, what do you call that place? Souvenir store, yeah. So that's what I have. Yeah, I'm lying. <laughs> And so, yeah, a very, very cool place, though. But um, it, it, it is, the Sea of Galilee is a beautiful, beautiful place, beautiful place. And, uh, but the, the weather there is very unpredictable. I mean, it really is. I mean, I could see where uh, disciples were going across the sea and, and, and a storm brews up because it can go from really calm and smooth to really rough in like a 15, 20-minute period. It is really weird. That's the only place I've ever been that's just, wind can pick up out of nowhere and just make it hectic. We were on the boat one day and it's just chopping and chopping and chopping and this guy's trying to sing and you know we're trying to worship Jesus some but we're all getting kind of <laughs> tossed around like well this, this is not the Holy Ghost. <laughs> I feel something in my stomach but it's, it's not the Holy Ghost. <laughs> you know it's going to be chum here in a minute. Um, but yeah that's a that's a uh, just fun facts. I, I've been to Israel twice. I've I spent uh, a few weeks, what, 10 days the first time and two weeks the second time and, and got to travel all over Israel and and spend time with an amazing guy, Richard Frieden. Uh, he may see this. He's a, a phenomenal guy um, in, that lives in Israel. He's one of my good friends. I was talking to him literally two days ago. So uh, amazing guy. And... Uh, so, man, we can we can get into this really deep. I'm 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 hesitant to to, to really get going um, because it can be a a long long process. Do y'all have any questions? Do you have any comments? Anything you want to say? What you got? Yeah. So Jesus passed through the first two times. Agape. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, he's, 
Yes, all three times he, he, he used the standard Greek word. And we see these in the New Testament used. Um, literally, these are the only two New Testament uh, words that we have. Now, in, in the Old Testament, we, we find multiple Greek words in the Septuagint when it was transferred over. Uh, uh, Septuagint literally means 70. Um, and so uh, we see uh, eros, and which is um, you'll find in Esther and in Song of Psalms, you'll find eros. Uh, you'll find storge. Um, I'm kind of glad you brought that up. Storge, uh, I love eros. Uh, it's a very romantic word. Uh, storge is another uh, Greek word that is used for the, with the word for love. But storge is where we get the word stork from. Do what? <laughs> yeah, they bring the babies. Uh, and, and it's so cool that, that it does that, though, because uh, the stork is, it is, it is phenomenal. They mate for life, and, but they are so family-woven that it is awesome to watch them. And I was, I was doing a Greek study one time uh, on this, the storge love, and, and, and uh, it really uh, showed you how the stork was the example that they used for this, this word. And it wasn't a, it's not a word of, of feeling. It's not, Greeks have words that means some feelings. Hebrews do not. Hebraic words, the word love is never a feeling. It's never an emotional driven word. It is always, always followed by an action. That's why Jesus says, the very word that says, I loved you, therefore I died for you. It was always followed by an action. It was always action driven. And so put that in your bank when you're reading the Bible. Know that every cause of love is, is going to be driven by an action of God. It's never, never an emotional tie. Um, you'll never find the word romance. That type of love is just non-existence to a, in a Hebrew setting. So have that. Um, but the stork love, the storge, these, these birds are amazing. If you go home and Google them or whatever you do, you know, yeah, Google. And you'll look up the stork. And, and the way that they take care of their young and they're old is amazing. <clears throat> so the young and the mature birds will fly in a formation that the older birds will be lifted up by their wings, by the pressure that they're causing, the air pressure. And the old, the old people, all they got to do is soar. All they got to do is soar. And so they just, they sit there and they soar. So they don't have to use the energy. And so they can endure the flight. So these young guys and these young birds, and they sit there and they propel and they, they produce the efficiency that will make these old birds or older birds have an easy life. Why is that? What's well, a God-given attribute that they've God is putting put in those in those in those Greek philosophers? They saw this, and I love I love under, I love the Greek uh, philosophy um, and, and getting into it because they really um, they really it seems like they just sat around and they thought all day long. That's all they did. It's like mm, let me think. Mm. 
You know, it's like you get this, you know, and, and I think that guy was made out of stone for a reason because I think he just sit there. You know, and I'm thinking, man, this guy just sit around and thought all day long. And, and, and they did. Um, but that storge love is, it shows you what that means. And, and each of them have a certain, um, they're, they're definitely different in every aspect. Some are similar. I, I love to understand and, and, and take these words and really um, break them down to the root word and try to understand why, why he used that word. Uh, I understand why they used agape. Um, I understand why they use uh, certain words. There, there's nine, nine different words in the Greek uh, that breaks that down. Uh, but why only use just a few, you know? It's it's like, what tool are you bringing to the, to the shop? You know, it, it's it's that type of thing. Now, did they have the ability to, um, to use them all? I doubt it. Um, we know that disciples spoke Aramaic. They knew probably Hebrew. And they were probably rusty at Greek at best. Um, some of them may more than others. Uh, we know that the book of we know that the book of John was 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 written in Greek. We know that a lot of well, most of Paul's was written in Greek. Uh, well, Paul was a, a different one. He you know he was a a, Rome, uh, a Roman citizen, so he had to know uh, probably four or five different languages. Latin being one. Um, Greek being another, uh, Aramaic, Hebrew, and because he was uh, a Pharisee to begin with, we, we know he, he's probably, at the bare minimum, he, he spoke four languages. Uh, so Paul being an extremely smart guy, I mean, he wrote most of the New Testament. We see that in, 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 in many books that we, we guess that, that Paul wrote it. In some books, we don't know uh, who wrote. We just kind of give it our best guess. Um, I, I enjoy doing that. And uh, so, did that answer your question? Okay. What did it, you had some? Okay. Um, this is how the ESV says, "Right." But um, there's three different mandates. The first one it says, "Feed my lamb." Mm-hmm. The second says, "Tend my sheep." Right. And the third is, And no, I mean the, the Greek words are different. Um, it, it is a. It, it's it's not. Like it's it, making reference to three different mandates. No, it's not. It's it's the same one, just kind of three different ways of saying it. Um, he he definitely says that because he's what he's trying to do is is he's trying to reconcile Peter back into the place that he set him beforehand to the disciples. So he's doing this all in front of the disciples. And he's telling us, hey, you do this. You do this. You do that. You are going to be this guy. He's setting that example to them for him. And that's what Jesus is doing here. Anybody else? Yes, Jesus was absolutely matching the denial and in the Hebrew culture, 
threes are very, uh, very powerful, uh, very powerful. Um, you take death, for instance. So when an uh, older Hebrew uh, passed away, they didn't have a burial until after three days. You wouldn't consider dead until after three days. Yeah, you wasn't dead dead. You, your body was dead, but your soul hadn't left until after the third day. And so that's why Jesus was in the grave for three days. He's like, look, my soul is supposed to be gone, but now I'm rose. Now that, you, now, now that you know that you know that I am God. So that's why these things happen in these threes that when Peter, and Peter, Peter knew it was coming. That's, that's the thing. That's what I get here is Peter knew that it was coming. I could see Peter walking away and, and Jesus says, do you even love me like this? And I could see Peter just break it down and just, just losing it. Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am, it is. It is absolutely true. Because he wanted to, to present himself as God. Because they had no doubt after that. Because after the fourth day, they by, by their religious sect that he's, he's gone. So that's why Jesus waited. Sure. It is. It is absolutely true. So agape was... It, it was. Um, so it was a, a, a... Because they didn't have a word that could, could feel this. And so agape was made literally for the New Testament believers. Because they didn't have a word. Greeks did not have a word to that could um, uh, portray what they were trying to say. So they, they literally made up one. And so, uh, and, and they, they understood like, hey, we got to have something for this because we don't know how to explain it. And so that is, that is so true. Yes, ma'am. In a way, absolutely. Any more questions? You use the mic. I'm being told nobody can hear me. Oh, oh sorry. sorry. I'm lying. Everybody yeah, run, run that again. Very similar, very similar. Um, if we look at it in the Greek, we can run it back through, and I'll see exactly what word they used. Um, it does take work. Yeah, it's it. Yeah, yeah, and it says it literally says feed the lambs of mine 
is how that translate out. So you get the first one, feed the lambs of mine. The next one, sorry. Can it almost be like a parallel to a pastoral role because. Oh, absolutely. He, you know, said, upon you, I'm going to build the church. Yeah. And so it's almost like mandates for what, how we should pastor and how we should yes. shepherd flocks. Yeah. This is exactly what, what, what Jesus is doing to Peter. He is making him the pastor over all of what's going on. When Jesus leaves, he says, this baby's in your hands. Go out and follow me. That's what he's saying. Come on, these are good questions. Let's go. Good. I want to bring up something because I love how the word of God will, um, it's going to hit different people with different things. That's what I sure. Love and you can read this and God's going to download something in you. That is going to be totally different than anybody else. So I love it because in verse 18, I'm glad you went back to yeah. that and you skipped over because I was like, oh man, because as I was reading through it, I'm like, that's what this is what God was telling me. Um, so reading through that, this is this is after he said, feed my sheep left. Right. <laughs> Gotta put these things on now. Here we go. So in verse 18, I'm reading out of NIV. It says, I All tell right. you the truth, when you were younger, you dressed yourself and went where you wanted. But when you are old, you will stretch out your hands and someone else will dress you and lead you where you do not want to go. Now, when I read that, the first thing I got from that uh, is, is I think about our walk with, with Christ. Mm. And, and when, we're, when we're growing in this, when we're first introduced to him, we're dressing ourselves, we're feeding ourselves, yeah. we're doing what we want to do, what we think is right. But when you completely fall in love with God and say, Lord, I'm just going to do what you want me to do, guess what? He's going to address you. Right. He's going to steer you. He's going to direct you. And guess what? Sometimes you're not going to like where he tells you to go. Cool. And, and, and that, that's where, I, when I read this, I said, come on, because it's that relationship with him that says, you know what? You're in love with me. Good. I'm going to ask you to do something that ain't going to make sense. That's right. You're not going to like it. It might not even feel good. But I'm going to ask you to step out. Kind of like you said, I need you to cast your net to the other side. Like, right. What are you talking about? He didn't want to do it. Right. So you did it. Well, same thing here. So that's what I got out of that. Uh, when you were reading that, I'm sitting there going, oh, man, that's so good. I know you related to his death, but it's almost like a death to ourselves. And when you follow Christ that's right. and when you submit to him, when you when you say, Lord, I'm all yours, you die to yourself. You right. no longer get to get up every morning and say, I'm going to wear what I want to wear, do what I want to do. Right. And, and direct it. You know, it's God saying, I'm going to lead you. I'm going to direct you. I'm going to guide you. And you might not like what I'm about ready to do. <laughs> that's right. Yeah, I mean, he straight up predicts his, his death. Do you love me or not? That's right. Here you go. I just want to share two things that God has, has told me uh, while I'm sitting here listening. The first thing I want to say is those two, but man, you are by far, this is the best Bible study I have been to in years. Oh, wow. And it really has. I've got more out of this Bible study than, than I've spent in gas over the past year. You know what I mean? Trying to find a Bible study. Like, I actually. When you read the Bible a lot, it's hard to find a Bible study where you don't know stuff. Right. Does that make sense? Yeah. I don't know everything, but there's, there's a lot of things I do know, a lot of things I don't, and I can't find a Bible study where I can find growth. And I'm like, wow, really? That's cool. So, <laughs> great job. Well, thank uh, you, man. Thank you, God. Show me. Jesus. 
Right, 10 seconds before you walked in the door. The Bible verse I told this man here, if you love your people, she 10 Come seconds on, man. before you walked in the door. Wow, dude. Is that true? Right. Second thing. That's so funny. Um, the lady, what's your name now? Yeah. Does he have time for mine? <laughs> no, the, the thing is, God showed me this concerning what you said in the lobby. What, what he could have said about God is going to send you places that you're not going to like. Yeah. Where did you say in there that you didn't want to go because you didn't like? Remember telling him? What the hell did you the guns, looking for drugs and all kind of? Oh, there you go. Yeah, yeah. Come. I mean, I don't know if it's for you, but I'm just seeing the message he just said was something you said in there. How you didn't feel comfortable. You didn't want to go because you had a bad experience. Exactly. I'm here to tell you. There, there's been places that God said, man, I'm not saying this for you, but it's tough to make that leap of faith. You know, I um, I didn't want to move to Montgomery, to be honest with you. You know, all I think about the same thing, guns and drugs. But I gave up everything, and I moved straight to the lion's den. Come on. But there's growth in the lion's den. There's growth where you're not comfortable in going. Amen. Because if you were to go, and I'm saying if you do, but in those places where we don't want to go and God sends us and we go out of faith and we go, when we come back, we got one heck of a testimony. But if you never get out of that boat and don't go, you don't have a testimony. That's true. We were talking about the the mission in Mexico. Yeah. Sorry. I was talking about the, the mission to Mexico. Yeah. Right. Yeah, we have a friend that went on a mission. Was it Mexico? He he got struck by lightning. It like Ooh. seriously. And yeah. And so then I shared with this gentleman here that that or you know. When <laughs> <laughs> I went to Mexico, we were we were at, we went to out to dinner in Rosarita Beach, and we were all walking on the beach after we had this nice dinner, and I looked over my shoulder, and there was all these men running towards us with machine guns. And, and, and I just looked at that, and the only thing I could think of to do was run, which was the worst mistake I could have made at that time. I thought I did something wrong. Oh, yeah. So they came out, and everyone's screaming, Stop! Stop! Dad, yeah. Stop! They won't shoot! And then I just, of course, I stopped. So when I thought of Mexico, I'm like, who would have, yeah, what, that could happen because of that experience. Yeah. But I get what he's saying. Don't when you trust God, yep. He'll take you places you may not want to go. But I, I have a great story. That, that is true. I mean, you tell the disciples to name it and claim it, and they may run you out of the city uh, because their life was not easy. Their life was extremely hard. Everywhere they went, they were um, mostly not welcome, and they they literally. Uh, carried the gospel on their shoulders to begin with, and and most of them paid with their life. Uh, I mean, we we know John did not because we wouldn't have had the book of Revelation if John would have died on Patmos. So, uh, you know, people are like, well, Patmos, nobody can escape from there. Well, that's how they made it, but John made it off because the book made it off. So it is is those fun things that, that just digging into the Word of God is just, open uh, your mindset up so much um and and it is it's just it's just reading it and 
and just trying to understand it. And, you know, we were, I was talking to, I think it was Pastor DJ. We may have been playing golf or something. I said, we, we live by a lifestyle, and it's pretty simple. It's just pray, hear, obey. You know, and, and, and we'll, we'll, we'll read a psalm, and we'll, we'll take that psalm, and we'll meditate on it. And then we'll pray, and, and then we'll hear what God says. And, and we serve a God that speaks back, and that's the thing. Out of all the religions that I study all over the world, um, you'll never get into a conversation with a Buddhist that hears from God. He'll always say, well, this, this is what this says, or that's what that says, or this is what he done, or that's what that done. You know, um, it's, it's hard enough to please one God more than 40,000. I'm done. <laughs> you know, we can't even get there. But, uh, um, yeah, man, I, I hope you all enjoyed tonight. I hope it wasn't, uh, wasn't too much. And, man, I'm, I'm grateful uh, to be here. Absolutely. Hopefully they'll, they'll hide me back. Yeah.